My name is Edwin Thomas and this is Mapping Clay, a podcast by Zentrum Paul Clay about the artist's journeys. South of France, 1927. His appointment to the Bauhaus in 1921 not only meant material security for Clay, but also that he came to be regarded as one of the most important artists of his time. The institution was a nucleus of modern art and architecture. But despite all his enthusiasm for the intellectual exchange with the other artists, the strictures of his teaching activities and the multiple related tasks were a heavy burden on Clay. His own art suffered from such time-consuming teaching. He sought to relax and find inspiration for his art during vacations to the south of France, describing his impressions in letters to members of his family and his wife Lily. Letter to Lily Clay in Munich, Dessau, November the 14th, 1926. I'm starting to find my way into a daily routine. The journey is now a long way back in a distant, sunny shimmer, and that's a good thing. Otherwise, you would have to continue thinking cheerlessly under the cheerless contrast here. That's no use. You carry on working, an ideal reality gradually obtaining credible outlines. I've already been doing some teaching. I struggle to get myself into the new building. Standing in front of the class, I was calm and did what I could at the time being. Letter to Lily Clay in Oberstdorf, Dessau, July the 2nd, 1927. My dearest Lily, I'm forwarding some letters to you again, which I've taken out of their envelopes, but I promise that I definitely didn't read anything because I hardly have the time to read my own. After various classes, happily it is Saturday today, but anyone thinking that I should be able to regain my spirits is mistaken. Flescher is looking around Dessau, the settlements, Bauhaus and Wurlitz with 20 students, and of course I'll say hello. That was the reason for various telephone calls. The telephone's ringing very nervously today, sounding very different from yesterday, maybe because of a lightning strike. The weather here is the same as you describe it there. That is, wonderful. Last night there was a party for Muhe. It was very funny, I don't know why, but in short it was funny. There was vermouth and I stuck with it, the only drink that was digestible. There was a ladies' dance when Mrs. Feininger managed to get hold of me, and at the time I had the feeling that I couldn't do anything but hobble along. Kandinsky was also among the dancers, pretending to be a debonair. I wasn't quite ready to rival him, roughly the difference between vermouth and champagne. So don't assume I have time for blurry thoughts, it's not true. I don't have time for that. The days fly by... I have many an image on my heart, and only a few of my heart's dearest, with a heartfelt kiss for you, your Paul. P.S. Your tasks will be completed very, very promptly. Postcard to Lily in Oberstdorf, Dessau, July 8th, 1927. I don't deny that I like receiving really long letters. Of course, I'm unable to write them myself. I got the suede gloves in dark brown, each time a token hurrah, wonderful that the body is reacting. It's possible that I'll travel to Bern as soon as possible, replenish the coffers and go on to the French Mediterranean, possibly briefly to where Felix is or where he will be. 
Before that, I'll need to know what funds you'll need, even though you can also be provided for from Switzerland. I haven't heard anything about what you think of that. Or are you well provided for by your own means, which I can refund you later? A clear word about this matter would be useful. Still no message as to whether you've received the books and everything. Either it's Dessau that's off the beaten track or Oberstoff. The first cactus blossoms have just opened at last, so I still have the chance to admire them. This report won't be any longer since I have to go to the dentist. Very pleasant person. The postcard is no one else's business, and so I'm enveloping it. More soon, affectionately, your Paul. Postcard to Felix Clay in Pocahol, Ile d'Or. Dessau, July the 8th, 1927. My dear Felix, now that the telegram with a new address just arrived, I might as well send you word at once. Thank you for the diligent reports from Paris. I was pleased about your striking impressions. Now you're in the South, which I love so much. That's wonderful. You now have to rest completely and lead a natural life, so as to give the body what it deserves, and not always just the mind. Your last postcard reported Barthes' death. It really seems he was the father of young Barthes, since it's true that Louis Moilier married his former wife. Hannes Meyer, who knows him, was as yet unaware. I should write more, you said, but what? There's nothing happening here that would interest you. Mother also wants me to write more, but that would all be a bit too much. I'm happy to write every now and then. You must be so overwhelmed with experiences that the surplus flows into your pen automatically. What I said in my last post wasn't a reproach, but just a little pointer to the future. Since I'll no longer be here from around the 25th and am myself travelling, I can no longer supply funds, but in an emergency you could contact Mathilde in Bern. She can withdraw money from there. Take care. I'm curious to know more about what Pocahol is like. Affectionately, your father. Postcard to Lily in Oberstdorf, Dessau, July 8th, 1927. My dearest Lily, I'll send you the three-volume novel and a handy atlas of the type you wish for through the bookshop mention. Felix has telegraphed his new address, Porquerolle, Ile d'Or, Grand Hôtel, Sud de la France. He has it best, seeing the wonderful south and the sea. I'm not too bad either. I'm still working, especially on the Theoreticum, which has reached its penultimate stage today and keeps me very busy. Tomorrow, weaving again, the last lesson, and still next Thursday, and then that's it for the time being. Not much else has happened. Müher said his farewells movingly, and today I had lunch with Hannes Meyer at Kandinsky's. It was hot, and during the afternoon, the obligatory thunderstorm. We have the gloves, Mava, Mava, Mava. Felix also wrote that Bart's father had shot himself. He heard about it in Paris. We'll have to wait and see if it's true. So take care and lie down, put on some weight and get well. And no reproaches because I do write every two days. Affectionately, your Paul. Letter to Felix Clay in Porquerolle, Dessau, July the 12th, 1927. My dear Felix, thank you for the various beautiful views of Porquerolle. I'd like to come there too. Maybe, but then I need to know exactly how long you'll be staying there. My first day of vacation is July the 15th. I would then be able to be there around the 25th. Please write to me without any certainty that it'll all actually transpire like this. 
whether you intend to stay there for so long anyway. I like the look of the location, the view north, which doesn't dazzle too much. Maybe we'd be able to spend some time there together. So I'd like to ask you to send me a message immediately because communicating back and forth is bound to take some time. Perhaps a telegram that reads, until X July here. I'd find that best and send to Dessau. Write the letters clearly for the telegram. If you need money, please contact Mathilde in Bern who has access to my savings account and tell her exactly how much she has to put in the letter of transfer and what kind of notes, how many French and how many Swiss. I've written her a postcard saying that she should look after the matter on my behalf, should you write. Take care, and hopefully we'll see each other soon. Affectionately, your father. Letter to Lily in Oberstdorf. Dessau, July the 16th, 1927. My dearest Lily, I'm writing in pencil because I already have six letters behind me and the pen is making me nervous. Quills are quite useful in the left hand, but in agony in the right after a while. Write some letters with your left hand and you'll understand. Long walks yesterday, one with Kandinsky, who then took me to dinner. Newly admire the area each time. These water parks are quite unique. However, so much water may have a weakening effect. But nice. Hardly any mosquitoes this year. I sleep undisturbed with two windows open. This is the big surprise of the summer in Dessau. After the early summer, I had promised bad things. Hopefully you're getting better and better. Increasingly better. The good weather must reach as far as the Algao elves. Has the former Nonne, now married to Schmidtchen, made an appearance yet? I saw her at the Bauhaus on Thursday last week. It now would have been gratifying to work quietly after the pressure has subsided, but the journey's too close and still requires this and that. Again, I can't do what I want most, a wide-ranging approach to a particular format. I'll manage a few more watercolours, which are influenced by an intensification of the colour that has occurred and gives rise to optimism that this time the Mediterranean will have a more direct effect than last time on Elba. The distance to you remains increases to finally collapse again to nil in the better country of the South. With an affectionate kiss, your Paul. Postcard to Mathilde Clay in Bern. Dessau, July the 16th, 1927. Dear Mathilde, my latest plan is now to travel via Bern to the south of France in the next few days. I'll only be in Bern for a short time to replenish the coffers. You need only set up the small room and a bed for me, or if it is rented, somewhere. We'll stay with you longer on the return journey. Affectionately, your Paul. P.S. Very much looking forward to seeing Papa again too. Date of arrival to follow by telegraph. Postcard to Mathilde Clay in Bern. Dessau, July 18th. 1927. Dear Mathilde, I'm still waiting for an amount of money, then I can leave, hopefully by Thursday night. Felix has reserved accommodation for me on Thursday the 28th. I'm tied to this day because of the steamer crossing to Pocahole. He's asking for some money beforehand, which is now your function. That is, please send him 600 French francs immediately by postal order and take the corresponding amount, including postage, from my account. His exact address is Ile de Pocahole, Département du Var, Grand Hôtel. His job title, Assistant Directeur au Théâtre de Dessau. That corresponds exactly with what is in his passport. So, I myself am to be expected in Bern from Friday, but will only stay with you for a short time on my way out because I want to stop off in Marseille. I'll telegraph the exact details from Basel. Until then, affectionate regards to you and Papa, your Paul.
Postcard to Lily Clay in Oberstdorf, Bern, July 25th, 1927. My dearest Lily, I'm now on the train to Geneva and writing while waiting until it starts moving. I've still managed to do some things in peace. I saw Miss Burgi and the Lotmars. She, Miss Burgi, wants to fly to Hamburg. I told her that we would not be in Dessau before the end of September. Perhaps she'll fly a little later unless she's advised by the meteorology not to wait, in which case she'll be able to travel back with Rolf, who is undertaking his non-commissioned officer training. Anyway, now she knows about my plans as far as they are fixed. The Lotmars are quite well. Walter's no better, but he looks a little better. The little girl wasn't there. I saw no one else. I was in the Erstenwundigen quarry with Papa. He walks brilliantly, faster than me, since it was me who got annoyed at climbing such steep steps. He managed them very easily. Now I'll have to wait for you and your messages. Thursday I'll be on the island. Affectionately, your Paul. Letter to Lily Clay in Oberstdorf. Pokerol, July the 30th, 1927. My dearest Lily, Yesterday I received your lovely letter, the first one here. I hope that the stay in the sanatorium continues to be fruitful, and I also believe that what's being prescribed is being carried out thoroughly. Ultimately, the doctor will then have to decide whether a stay at the Mediterranean at zero altitude and with a different diet is good. At this point in time, nobody can say. Personally, I am willing to stay here as long as possible because I very much like it here, especially with regard to the climate and colours. But there are also aspects that are less of an idyll, such as accommodation. It's extremely primitive. You sit crammed with lots of parochial types, lots of children à la muites, but much more badly behaved. The food is average, tastier, of course, than in Mecklenburg. Little and nothing too heavy and quite sufficient. But if you compare it to Italy, my God. The people in this country are nice and friendly. The petit bourgeois in the guest house are comical like all petit bourgeois, less pushy than in Germany. Only the waiter and the maid are more refined, whose job it is to serve the gathered guests. But now the positives. The climate is such that you only sleep in the room. The dining room is a cool veranda with a thatched roof. You eat at small tables. The climate is steady, mostly airy or windy. It's very hot, but not unbearably so. There's a variety of landscape, forest, pine, bush, and some vineyards. There are different places for swimming, unfortunately, again, on the negative side, not very close, but a walk of 10 to 15 minutes, one beach, or a bit more, two other beaches. But the roots of the beaches are all absolutely beautiful, with some shade. Other walks are not too strenuous and are very rewarding due to their fabulous views. In some ways, you could say it's Elba en miniature. What captivates me is the colour and I'm finding some tones here again. Felix has just arrived to pick me up for a morning walk. As of tomorrow, he'll also be staying at my hotel in the room next door. I'm obedient and think he may be acting on your behalf. I should exercise. So I'll pause until after lunch. Elba en miniature is only true when it comes to the form of the land. The vegetation is different, mainly light pine forests that provide enough shade. Sunny areas are very rare and small. Now I think I've given you a brief impression. Felix is so tanned that I can't really comment on how he looks, completely like lignite. 
suit, face, hands, feet, all the same. He's not only committed himself to his father, but also to his girlfriend, Miss Grosh. Nevertheless, he's very attentive to me and would never leave me alone if I didn't want him to. We spend at least half the day together. I'll now lead a monotone outer life, day after day, and we'll see what it looks like on the inside. I can already feel a few tones condensing. An affectionate farewell. Felix sends his regards from afar. I send kisses. Your Paul. Write soon about how you are, if you're putting on weight, etc. Postcard to Hans Clay in Bern, Pocahol, August 2nd, 1927. Met up with Felix here on the designated morning and found him well. The island is beautiful and more so every day. You live totally in nature and are very free. Hotel Pleasant, Felix will add a few more words. With affectionate regards to you and Mathilde, your Paul. Letter to Lily Clay in Oberstdorf, Pocherol, August 10th, 1927. My dearest Lily, since you wanted to know four days in advance when I changed location, I had to send a telegram yesterday. I know where I'm going, but of course I don't know where I'm going to stay until I actually see with my own eyes. Corsica's really big, on the map it's small. Pocahol can hardly be seen on the map, but in reality you can walk for hours and get tired feet. I think I caught the right psychological moment for my departure. You start to get used to it, you get into a rhythm, get up. A walk, lunch, nap, paint, tea, bathe, dinner, walk to the harbour, sit in a cafe, bed. It becomes a daily routine, and if a change can be made relatively easily, it should be done. When I'm so alone and maybe more inwardly orientated, not there for others, and I'm stretching and thinking, I always find a very respectable store of energy in myself and can buy all sorts of things with it. This time I'm going to buy Corsica. On Friday evening I travel to Toulon, where a ship arrives in the evening from Marseille and takes me off into the blue waters. It will soon be night, but the full moon is shining and I exhale the last tension. There and then the new begins. Probably not all new, but coloured a little differently. And it's the colour that does it. That is what I search for all the time, to awaken tones which slumber inside of me, a small or big adventure in colour. Writing, or more so receiving posts, will become a problem. But I know everyone is being taken good care of. Felix armed with checks in Dessau, diligently looked after by busy Bienchen, you in the sanatorium. I don't mind missing the letters you forwarded to me from others. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't answer the Sibium letter because the dodo didn't put an address on it and to check addresses, who can remember them? If I find anything over there that tempts me to stay, I'll telegraph the address. But maybe I'll hike, maybe by donkey. I might be fantasizing too, and it'll be much more normal there, Frenchified, half-Germanized, like in the motherland, little boats with motors, etc., etc., so, don't worry if regular post doesn't arrive. I can't help it. With an affectionate kiss, your Paul. Letter to Lily in Oberstdorf. Ajaxio, August 23rd, 1927. My dearest Lily, Today I advised you by telegraph that I shall be able to leave here on Saturday, the next ship to Marseille. I think Lyon is a suitable meeting point, which would be a kind of crossroads for you whether you wish to go to the Côte d'Azur or the Atlantic. 
However, the choice of this place as a meeting point for me implicitly includes the decision of going instead to the Atlantic. And I think I dare to suggest it to you because the Riviera is still steaming hot at the moment and usually with no fresh breeze. The area around Bordeaux is still very south and the fair weather zone probably extends that far too. I've telegraphed my current address so you can send me a telegraph in an emergency. If I'm not mistaken, today is Tuesday, August the 23rd, so next Saturday is August the 27th. On the morning of the 28th, I'll be in Marseille, take the next train to Avignon, arrive there, probably on the evening of the 28th, stay in Avignon overnight and spend the next morning or the day of August the 29th when you're leaving Oberstdorf in Avignon. In any case, I'll arrive in Lyon on August the 30th and immediately send a telegraph to Bern with details of where I'm staying. You can then telegraph your arrival in Lyon. To find out, go to the travel agency at the train station in Bern and ask about a suitable daytime express train to Lyon. Don't take a combined ticket, because that could take longer than necessary, but ask at the ticket desk for a ticket to Lyon via Geneva. I prefer it if I didn't have to wait too long for you in the boring, pretty city of Lyon. You're travelling via Geneva. I can't pick you up in Geneva, otherwise my visa will expire. The customs post is a good distance beyond Geneva in a Rhone Gorge. The station is called Bellegarde. For me, the passport inspection and the customs inspection for small luggage was conducted on the train. Then you went a good distance to the Salle de Douane to open larger luggage. There are no difficulties as long as no chocolate, cigarettes or new linen are being carried. But you'll need a porter commissionaire or facteur to carry your smaller luggage to the salle de douane because you shouldn't leave it unattended on the train. In Geneva, you should immediately ask for the direct wagon to Lyon and then you're safely on your way. Then we'll travel to the Bordeaux area and look for a suitable seaside resort. Since you don't like us being too conspicuous, and since I assume that this area is a little finer than the robber's island, a very civilised place, really, you would have to bring my dark suit, which is hanging in Bern, with you. Jacket, pants and waistcoat, nothing else. Something like that might be needed for dinner, even if we don't go to a fashionable resort. Then, if you want to avoid us having to have any money forwarded from Bern, you'd be well advised to withdraw some Swiss money and bring it with you, around 500 francs. You won't need much French currency before Lyon. Then I can take over matters and everything will go smoothly, just as my current adventure has gone very smoothly. There is hardly a place of such beauty as this Corsica. All the ideas that were had in advance are to an extent wrong and to an extent understatements. Yesterday I travelled on the PLM train in shiny seat number 11 through unspeakably beautiful landscapes. First, about an hour beyond Corte, through Scala di Santa Regina, a Dantesque rock canyon, eight kilometres in length. Then through a forest, a southern forest, which is so rare, of great expanse, huge pine trees, an intoxicating scent, as if resin was being cooked, and then to a pass 1,500 metres high with a view of the mountains as high as 2,800 metres. Beyond the pass, once again, pine forest, then a transition into chestnut forest, and then downwards with a sudden change to red rock of great expanse, and the most adventurous of forms, the spelunka, down to the Western Sea, to the Gulf of Porto, and then to Piana, where the Calanque abruptly end. The two wagons and their passengers remained there overnight. Lunch had been eaten on the way. Déjeuner, as they say here. 
Today we went further south along the sea, a little less exciting than yesterday, but abundantly beautiful and always with a heroic touch. Shortly before, Ajaccio in a huge bush basin, a penetrating aroma and a heat that was hard even in the train. And then it was over. The town of Ajaccio really is the Corsican Geneva, as I expected, a town of great charm and despite the slightly decadent air of individual streets, it's very well balanced. I bathed in the sea today at an establishment which was bliss. Then I drank my beer on the boulevard. Beer is now very common and well kept in France. Frappé, as it is called here, and is a very pleasant way to quench your thirst, which is actually permanent for a while. The hotel is large and well run. It's bearable. And what else? This letter is urgent. It's supposed to reach you still in Oberstdorf. Couriers go from other ports to the mainland as well, and so this post then travels via railroad to Bastia, Ilhus, or to Calvi to go to sea from there. I don't think we can meet in any way but happily. An affectionate kiss from me, your Paul. Draft letter from Paul Clay to Walter Gropius at the Bauhaus in Dessau, September 22nd, 1927. Lugano, Hotel Schweizerkreuz. Dear Mr. Gropius, It was only yesterday, as a result of my frequent changes of location, that I received the letter that Kandinsky wrote to me on your behalf, and I must hasten to tell you that I did not, of course, receive your telegram to Avignon. I had probably just departed without my new address, Lyon, being known there. Therefore, I expect you to excuse me as far as my silence is concerned. I am primarily a working artist, and as an educator, I have ventured to duly take on the difficult task of this appointment, the post being a burden that can only be balanced with productive activity under certain conditions. These prerequisites are that the teaching activity itself has to be designed productively, and that the opportunity to relax in the form of a travelling vacation of a suitably extensive period be possible. I was able to meet the first prerequisite in this semester by the regeneration of the theoretical lessons to my inner satisfaction. The students of the second semester seemed to follow and understand me, and also seemed to agree that the unfortunate division of the semester could be amended by moving the theory to the first half while locating practice in the second half. In addition... In line with my inner sense of responsibility towards the institution, I was able to attempt to leave the production of the practical work entirely to the students and, in doing so, also achieve the second requirement, which relates to the duty towards my own production. Unfortunately, the administration and some of the faculty seem to have misunderstood me here and I would ask you to clarify the situation according to the indications above where necessary. I would like to refrain from making a somewhat bureaucratic request to the magistrate, especially since a considerable amount of time has already passed without any direct fault of my own. However, if you are obliged to place particular weight on this, I would subsequently inform the mayor in the above sense. Because it is far from me to look for any other reasons regarding the sufficiently important facts. To declare other reasons than inner ones. I will certainly be arriving on October the 3rd, the 2nd being a Sunday, and remain with warm regards, yours, Clay.
Letter from Vasily Kandinsky, Laszlo Moholy-Neut, Josef Albers, Marcel Breuer, Hannes Meyer, Hinek Schäper, Gunther Stolzl, Joost Schmidt, Herbert Bayer, Walter Goropius, at the Bauhaus in Dessau. September the 24th, 1927. Dear Mr. Clay, We have been working at the Bauhaus again for three weeks. We are missing you among us and request that you return immediately, because it has made a detrimental impression on us, on the city authorities, and above all, on our students, that some masters have taken a longer vacation and informed the administration at such a late stage that even the timely scheduling of lessons has no longer been possible. We regard it as a serious danger to discipline among our students if we ourselves do not observe the agreed times with the utmost care. This is because the students will refer to it when convenient. We write this letter out of a feeling of concern for our work together and greet you warmly. Yours, Kandinsky, Mahalinoich, Albers, Breuer, Meyer, Schäper, Stolzl, Schmidt, Gropius, Bayer. Letter to Felix Clay in Breslau, Dessau, September 11th, 1929. Dear Felix, I thank you very much for the sensitive letter from September the 9th. Everything is not as bad here as you would imagine from your beach tent. The Bauhaus will never come down, otherwise it would cease to be, and those who are there have to join in even if they don't want to. And now to economic matters. Now that you have gained some experience, you'll have to tell me the amount you regularly need for a month. You'll also have to tell me when you want either the full amount or the installments. If irregular expenses occur, which cannot be avoided entirely, you should name them separately and the council of the family elders will then speak. Let us perhaps propose as a sober guiding principle, there must be a rule, exceptions can occur. Only when you have your fixed sum will you learn the right way of using your money economically. Then it will be easier for me too and I will see to what extent I can pay it from my regular earnings or how far I'll have to draw on my savings, which, as you know, are modest, considering I'll probably be acquiring a house in the foreseeable future. You shall have the book, and of course a coat too. I'm expecting an answer so that the finances can be restructured in principle and specifically. As soon as I have a reply, I'll send you the money immediately. I thank you also for the report on the Breslau Opera, and I wish you all the best there. Your father. The next episode, Egypt 1928, describes Paul Clay's second journey to North Africa, which enabled the artist to fulfill a long-cherished wish. Mapping Clay is a series of podcasts by Zentrum Paul Clay. This podcast has been produced by Maze Pictures Swiss and with the support of Engagement Migros.